Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Uncommon Conversations, where we work on creating comfort out of discomfort. Happy Wednesday, everyone. For those of you who are new, welcome. I'm excited that you're here. For context, this podcast was created out of my own desire to dive deeper into topics or ideas that are typically avoided by people every day. For those of you who have listened to other episodes, welcome back. I'm excited to continue the conversations with you as well. Today's a special episode because this episode will conclude the series of opportunity. We have spent the past month talking about different dimensions of opportunity, such as personal opportunity, professional opportunity, and relational opportunity. And I thought it would be fun to end the series with having someone join us and have an actual, so to speak, uncommon conversation about opportunity. So my friend Emily is joining us today to give her insights and thoughts on opportunity as well. I've known Emily for about 11 to 12 years now. We originally met in seventh grade, and I'm just so thankful for the space that she's created for me to just be me. She has been there in the good times and the not so good times, but she does one thing of many really well, and that's being honest. She's a very honest person with me, with other people, with her relationships, with her family, and with people in general. I confide in her. I feel comfortable with her, and ultimately, I respect her and her ideas and opinions, hence why I felt compelled to invite her to be on today's episode. But before we begin having today's conversation, let's first go over my expectations of you. The reason I share these is because I'm a firm believer that if someone has expectations, we must communicate them. So let's jump into them. The first one is respect. Please be respectful of this space, as many people may come with different goals or intentions. I want this space to be safe for others to grow, to reflect, and to feel. The next one is assume positive intent. Assume that the words, the ideas, and opinions that I share and that today Emily will share are coming from a genuine heart to build conversation as well as comfort in having these hard conversations. The next one is lean into disagreements with vulnerability and curiosity. I can validate how it's easier said than done, but don't let fear get in the way of you opening up and becoming curious about a topic or from being vulnerable with yourself. The next one or second to last one is give yourself space. A lot of these conversations are more present in our lives than you may realize. When listening to this podcast, put yourself in a place where you can think where you can feel, where you can process. I'm not sure if I recommend listening to this podcast when you're doing some other tasks like driving, but I mean, you do you. And then the last one is continue having these conversations with friends, family, and people that you trust to foster and influence growth. The reason a lot of these topics are hard to have is because we don't have them. The more we work on having them, the easier it'll get to process a lot of the things that do happen in our life. Vale. Chicos, chicas, you ready? I'm ready. I hope Emily is ready. Let's start by checking in, see if Emily is on the call. Emily, are you on the call? Yeah, I'm on the call. 
Great. Well, I want to start off by saying thank you for being willing to, to join me today on today's episode. Uh, want to start off by checking in. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Good. Um, I just want to give you a heads up in case my dog uh, barks or anything. um, I'm sorry. You're good. What what's for the people who don't know, what's your dog's name? Uh, she's, her name's Oatly and she's named after the oat milk brand. And if any (laughs) guys are huge oat milk drinkers, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Today's episode is not sponsored by Oatly milk, just (laughs) FYI, (laughs) but that would be sick. (laughs) That would be sick because um, I can't drink regular milk, so I do drink Oatly. Uh, well, that sounds weird. Now that we introduced your dog, I don't drink her dog. I drink oat milk. Okay, moving forward. Um, how are you feeling about today's episode? Um, I'm feeling excited. Um, um, yeah, I'm just my first time ever doing a podcast, so it should be interesting. Well, it. I hope it goes smooth too. Um, I just know that I'm just going to ask you some questions. And I just truly want you to feel like you and I are talking like we usually do, right? Emily and I have very good conversations um, a lot of the times in regards to things that I think people don't talk about. And she is also another reason of why I wanted to start this podcast. And so just be yourself, just talk, and we're good. Um, Well, why don't we get started? Start by doing maybe a small introduction, Emily, so people can get to know you a little bit more. Why don't you share? your name, um, your age, and which will be the only time that I ask a woman her age. Um, and then where were you born as well? Um, so my name is Emily Lopez and I am 24 years old and I am from the Bay area. I am actually from Watsonville, California, which is on every Driscoll's label and every grocery store So if you ever see Driscoll's, it says Baltimore, California. That is where I'm from. This is also not a paid partnership by Driscoll's FYI. I have a feeling (laughs) we're going to be doing a lot of paid partnerships in the future. Well, um, awesome, Emily. It's, uh, I was about to say it's a pleasure meeting you, (laughs) even though I met you for so long, but well, let's get started with today's topic. Um, Emily, as you may um, know, we talked this month about opportunity and the multiple dimensions that exist in opportunity, right? We talked about personal, professional, relational opportunity. And so the first week that we introduced this episode, we started with defining opportunity. We shared a little bit about the definitions and my own interpretation of that definition, and then just went from there. So I'm curious to know what is your definition of opportunity? Um, I would say my definition of opportunity would be definitely like taking risks. Okay. Um, and um, being vulnerable is another good way of taking of doing of opportunity. I would see too is like being vulnerable and probably taking risks. You know, I like that you said risks because I haven't touched on this yet, but it just came to my mind. I feel like risks are very common in opportunities, right? There's and another word to say that is sacrifices, right? You know, there's sacrifices that we have to make when there's opportunities before us, whether they're professional ones or personal ones. You know, tell me of a time that you recently had an opportunity that you had to take and how did you feel with that opportunity? 
Um, yeah, so for the listeners, um, I recently moved down here to Orange County not too long ago for a school opportunity to get my basically my associate's degree in physical therapy assistant. Um, it was a very like kind of last minute choice because I was debating between doctor or physical therapy assistant. Um, but I leaned more towards that. So it took me literally, it was like a two month decision. I think Andy that I remember I like called you and I was like, oh my gosh, I got accepted. Like I'm moving down there. Like it was very like next day kind of a thing. Yeah. I remember because it was like, it's hard to interrupt. It was like, I remember one of our friends like moved down in March and I was like, yes, like, dang, that's a bummer. I'll miss see that one of our friends had uh, moved down for their doctorate in in PT. And then I was like, well, I have more time to hang out with Emily. It's just going to be just us two and great. And then she hits me in October with the, Hey, I got accepted to grad school. And I was like, yes, I'm so proud. Where? And she goes, Orange County. And I was like, you're leaving too. And she was literally like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, are you leaving next March? She's like three weeks. I was like, oh my God, you're literally leaving so soon. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to move down there. So go ahead go ahead. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, drastic kind of a thing. And, um, but you did it, but I did it and I had to leave, you know, my hometown. I mean, I have left for college, but it was only an hour away, San Francisco, hour and a half away. But this is going to be like the most biggest distance I've ever been from my family, from my boyfriend. And it was just kind of like a lot. It was really a lot. When you Um, say it was a lot, what do you, what do you mean? Like go deeper into that? Yeah. So I think I definitely got lonely. Um, A little loneliness hit in, um, especially because I was kind of like in an area where I mean, I had, I have, I have my other best friend here, but she's obviously busy with school. So it was kind of like me trying to drive, like trying to figure out my things and what I like to do and things like that, like figuring out myself, I guess, in a new environment without anyone really helping me to guide me. Because when I was in San Francisco, I at least had my boyfriend, like I at least had him. He was there to help me through all the emotions. But this time I was like, I was literally like, like just me and my dog, like, you know, so yeah. it was, it was a lot. I remember during that transition in your life. Um, if I, if I may speak on this or share this, you know, there were some heavy emotions that you were experiencing and that you would call me, um, to talk about, you know, do you mind sharing some of those emotions? No. Yeah. I remember I called you crying. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, why did I even do this? Like, I started getting a little bit regretful and that's what I think I mean about about being vulnerable when you take um, opportunities because you you're are kind of vulnerable like you're setting yourself to being uncomfortable you're setting yourself mm. being in a position that's really making you extremely vulnerable because like you're obviously kind of sensitive you're um, you're open to these new feelings and emotions that you've never really felt before so you don't know how to like navigate through all of this and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, you, you bring up a good point, right? Vulnerability is not just with other people. It, there's one thing about being vulnerable with others and it's another being vulnerable with yourself. And I think that we've stigmatized sociologically that vulnerability is almost like a currency, right? Because I give it to you, you give it to me back. And that's not how vulnerability works. Like you, one could give it because I, if I choose to give it to you, you have to create a space for me to feel 
comfortable to share more about myself, right? There has to be that safety, that trust. And we talked about that last week in regards to relational opportunity, the three expectations that should be present. What are the three things that you owe others when you enter into a relationship, whether it's romantic or platonic? And we talked about respect, communication, and trust. And so you did mention a little bit about, um, you know, your boyfriend, how has, you know, what are some opportunities that have been present in your relationship being down here that may look different than when you were closer? Um, definitely. <sighs> Got her with a good question, I guess. <laughs> you did (laughs) no but seriously yeah no i i love that right because i feel like when we do long distance or we've moved to long distance we focus on the negative right rather than the opportunity to take initiative and be able to foster a, a different style of the relationship for that time right because you're not always going to be in school you're not always going to be apart from each other this is just temporary so you know going back to the questions like what are some opportunities that you have seen right now in this season of your both of your lives where you guys have um just seen a strong opportunity in your relationship um i would definitely say that we have actually grown more into our spiritual life a little bit being Mm. further away from each other um i think that comes a lot with like just kind of anxiety and like just kind of being away from each other has really it actually hasn't been such a huge toll in our relationship I mean yeah we get in arguments yeah we get upset with each other but like who doesn't right when you're in a relationship um but I think every time we see each other too it's just like we take it we don't take it for granted as much Mm, you guys are very present with with each other yeah And, and when we're together definitely like he's very the type of person that when we're together, like no phones, like, I don't like, like, you know, like being on our phones at the same time, like we kind of try to be like disconnected from that and like try to be present with each other. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I think being present is important. And how many times have you been, you know, at dinner? Oh God, I think about that. Maybe this is a cultural thing that you could relate to, but my dad would get so mad if I am on my phone while I'm at dinner, it's, it's a strict rule that you're at dinner and we're with the family. No phones. If I have it on my lap and I'm looking down at it, I remember, <laughs> I wish I could say that like when I was younger, my dad would take my phone away, but no, that was like literally like four weeks ago. It was <laughs> literally where he just doesn't like that, but that's the opportunity that we get, right. That I got to really be in relationship with my family, with my mom, my dad, and my sister while at the dinner table. And, and, I, and I love that, right? I'll look later down in life and say, wow, I'm so thankful for that because I, I got the opportunity to spend more time, more presence time with my family. So love that. Tell me a little bit about maybe another opportunity that you could think of that has shaped your life, um, whether that's been personal, professional, relational, with family, siblings, uh, friends, Think of a time, what what comes to mind about something that changed your life that you decided to take the opportunity? 
Um, I would definitely, the first thing that came to mind was my dog. Okay. Um, I think that was a huge transition in my life. I never really, and this is like really random, but like, I just never really know how much time commitment, um, liability it takes to having a dog just in general. Um, but I think that really has shifted my life a lot. And I think that really has helped me grow as a person just in general, like being dependent of something that's literally breathing. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I, yeah. you definitely can't sleep in anymore because the dog is like, yo, I got to eat. Yeah. Yo, I got to go pee. Yo, I got to go eat. So I think it's, <laughs> it has been a blessing in disguise though. I do don't, I I sometimes feel like I take her for granted, but mm, I do mm. want to be a mom at one day. And, you know, like, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, but yeah. there's never a perfect time for anything. Mm. Um, so my life is going to be always be hectic. It's always going to be crazy. So I've always wanted a dog. So I just went for it. But, you know, it kind of prepares me of what it feels like to have a child a little <laughs> bit, a little glimpse of it. Yeah, it's a little less, um, a little bit more active and a little more hair. But it's just like a child. Yeah. No, I have a dog. Wow, that hurt. I think you touched the microphone. It like oh, actually sorry. all the listeners driving right now, you probably almost caused them to crash. That's why. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why we tell people to not listen to this podcast oh, while you're driving. I listen to it while I'm driving. So. Please. And this is also why it will be the last time that we have Miss Emily Lopez on this podcast so that she doesn't break the rules that I'm expecting of people. Let's focus and come back to the topic of today. But, you know, you touched on, um, great. I think I just forgot. You said something right now when you were talking about, you know, I've, it's, I've taken my dog for granted sometimes and I've give, been given the opportunity to learn more and more about what it's like to have something that depends on me a little bit more, right? It depends on you to feed it and take it out and walk it and, and take care of it. What are some things that maybe you have depended on um, in your life that you've maybe recognized that in order for you to be in a different place in your life, you have to let go of those things and become independent, right? Um, I would definitely say my happiness mm. um, for sure. And then putting myself first. In what way? So I think that's the hardest thing for anyone to really do just in general even for mothers, for dog owners, even for just people in friendships, like putting yourself first is just so important. And I think I've really learned that a lot. Um, I need to care about my needs and what comes first, because in reality, no one is going to really be able to do that because I know what makes myself happy. Yeah, my boyfriend may know what makes me happy, but if I'm not happy within myself, and if I'm not mm. rooted, then really, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not happy. I, I like that you said that. Did you happen to listen to last week's episode? <laughs> uh, <laughs> shameless pug. If you haven't pug, shameless plug. I'm already thinking about what dog I want. Uh, shameless pug. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, we shared that. I shared in my conversation about what it means to put yourself first, right? Because you need to respect yourself. If you want others to respect you, you need to love yourself. If you want other people to love you and you need to most importantly value yourself. If you want other people to value you, I can't tell you how many times I see people say, Oh, 
I don't know why people don't like respect me or I'll use the three words I said, but why people don't respect me. They don't love me. They don't value me. I'm like, girl, that's because you don't do that for yourself. Like you got to start and show people, right? Create those expectations. This is how I want you to respect me. And I say that because that's how I respect myself. It starts with you. And so I love that you share that because it's so important. I have been so guilty of not doing that. I love pleasing other people. I am a people pleaser. I like to put other people's needs and wants before mine and look where that's gotten me. Not so much in a bad place, right? I don't lose in life. I either win or I learn, but it's taught me a lot that if I want to continue to seek, right, that happiness that I hope to have one day in my life or be in a place where I am comfortable, right? You have to start by being uncomfortable to be comfortable. You have to work on putting yourself first. It's an yeah. investment. It's really an investment. You don't go to a bank and be putting money into other people's bank accounts and then saying, well, let me go check in two years and see how much money I made. Girl, you didn't make nothing. You put it in someone else's bank account. Same thing here. Yeah. You can't be expecting to be putting happiness and joy and patience and hard work in other people's life. And then look at your life in a couple of years and say, I don't know why I'm not happy. Yeah. Oh, man, that is big. Yeah, and that's very true. And even though, you know, I've been in my relationship with my boyfriend for about six years now. So, I mean, we've definitely have seen each other grow, you know? Yeah. Literally mm -hmm. from like high school till college life. Like high school sweethearts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm but sure I there's been a lot of change <laughs> since high school till now, <laughs> both, both yeah. relationally and physically. <laughs> Definitely, but Emily I got mean, a little bit taller. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go on. I'm so sorry. I'm distracting no, you. Good. I was just about to say that. Um, just like being in a relationship, I've just have always said that I just really hate like Disney love or like those like uh hall. What are they called? Hallmark. Hallmark movies, like yeah. Um, you really see like how in a relationship people forget about themselves and they always put their partner first and they always mm. do everything for the partner only and they yeah. forget about who they are internally and things like that. So I think it's just really important in any, obviously in any type of relationship that you really, really put yourself first. And because um, at the end of the day, like you, you're the person that's going to have your own back. Like, yeah. We say that in at work. I don't know. Have I shared this with you, Emily, that I say like, you're your own advocate, right? And no one will advocate for you more than yourself. And I can't tell you how many people I get the opportunity to work with. And I see that they don't advocate for themselves. And it honestly is just, it, it's, what do I feel? I, I think it, no, I don't think, sorry, I misspoke. I feel like it makes me sad sad because they want someone to see something that they don't even see in themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if you want someone to see you for who you are and what you could do at work, you got to see that first with yourself, right? We're back to that, the importance of self-worth. Yeah. I think self-worth is an opportunity. It's an opportunity. No one's good at it. I don't think no one is. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't talked to Oprah yet, so I don't know if she's good at it, but if I was Oprah, I'd be, I'd be pretty good at it. But 
you know, like self-worth is such a hard paradigm to grasp because there's a lot of factors, a lot of influences, a lot of things that go into shaping what self-worth looks like. And I think living in a generation like right now, we, where we have a lot of stigmas and a lot of sociological labels and media telling us what self-worth may look like, right. That really have an influence, right. We live in a very influential era that dictate how we perceive ourselves. I can be tall and, and I still don't like how I, I feel. I could be short. Don't like how I feel. I could, you know, weigh a little bit more, weigh a little less and don't like that. Right. It's, it's almost like we, we want what we don't have. It's so toxic, man. We, we love the toxic life. Don't we? Emily? No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> we don't like the toxic side. It's like, Emily, I always tell her, I'm like, I love those therapist jokes because I have, I, I have a therapist and I go to therapy. I wonder if I would ever say one of those jokes to see what his reaction would be. And Emily's like, yeah, he would definitely terminate you in a heartbeat. I'm like, yeah, you're very right. Well, Emily, you know, one thing that I wanted to touch on too is, you know, what are some emotions that you could assimilate um, in different transitional periods of your life? So what are some things, or maybe I should say this, when you go through a transition and you take the opportunity, you choose to take the opportunity, what are some things that you feel? Um, definitely anxiety. Okay. How, what, what does, okay. What does anxiety look like to you? Like when I say that, I mean, how do you feel anxiety, anxiety in your body? <laughs> oh my God. I just choked on my own saliva. Let me say that again. Wow, we're really vulnerable today. Yeah. What is what does anxiety feel like in your body when you're feeling it? Um, well, that's a really good question. And I educated myself a little bit today. I'm reading. I'm glad that you did just a little bit. <laughs> I read the book. I'm reading a book that Andy actually spoke really highly from and I got it when I went to Target the other day. Mm, say what book it is. Um Atlas. Atlas of the Heart by Dr. Atlas, Brene Brown. Yeah. Mm. And she talks about anxiety and she talks about how it can be a trait or it could also just be something that someone can feel on the like on the spot. So yeah. like um so anxiety in a way where I just get really I guess anxious. I would say about how people feel, like how people portray me, see mm. me, like I'm in a new environment. Like what do people think about me? Also living alone, um, being vulnerable in that way and being yeah. living alone. Um, you know, you don't know your neighbors. You don't know like really anyone and where you live. So that can be really, make you really anxious. Yeah, there's um, psychosocial dynamics and societal pressures that you feel that cause or trigger that anxiety. Yeah. I feel like it could also be just simply, you know, to, to short or summarize what I just said is expectations, right? You move down example that you shared earlier for school, you have expectations from your parents, you have expectations from your professors, knowing you, Emily, for a long time, you have expectations for yourself. So yeah imagine going from a place that you were comfortable in to a place that you're uncomfortable or have discomfort. Yeah. It's going to trigger some emotions that are pretty momentous. Right. And so I think for me, if I could give a recommendation on how I cope, 
with situations that come up um, is asking myself, well, first got to take a deep breath, right? And, and be able to feel grounded. And because that's like how I could give myself the mentality that I'm about to take ownership of the situation. Like yeah. I'm about to grab the, the, the steering wheel, the reins and take control of the situation. I like to think about, is this a, a crisis or is this an inconvenience, right? Yeah. Is crisis is, is someone dying? Am I dying? My therapist said this. I love this. So credit to, to Ryan. Um, if you are in SoCal, check out Ryan for cell therapy. This is not sponsored, but I definitely want to sponsor him. Love him. Shout out to Ryan. But anyways, Ryan shared this with me literally two weeks ago because the day before we, uh, my roommate and I were going to move down, they, uh, the basically leasing agency called us and said that we were, they were going to push out our moving date. And I was like, what? Yeah. You remember that? I was so stressed. I was like, literally they're calling me 22 hours before everything's already scheduled. Everything's prompted. Like we're going to go down or I, I hope we're going to go down. And now they're tell, telling us that we can't, like, I can't reschedule everything that's ready. And I just, I remember, I thank God, honestly, thank God that I had therapy that day because I went on a walk and I just vented to Ryan. And I was like, and he told me that you got to be grounded first and then ask yourself, is this a crisis or an inconvenience? A crisis is someone dying, you're dying, someone hurt where you need to react quickly. And an inconvenience is just as it sounds. It's just something that is different than what you were expecting. Yeah. It, it goes against your plans, but you can figure it out and no one's hurt and you could take your time, right? What was the worst thing that could happen in that situation that I was uh, going through? Push back a week, probably. We push back a week. Exactly. And I didn't have to get stressed like I did, but I reacted emotionally because I, I had not I identified that situation as if it was a crisis, right? But I was given the opportunity to sit and say, what is this? And in an inconvenience, right? You start thinking and the way that I process inconveniences because trust me, there are a lot of inconveniences that come into my life every single day. And that's, you know, slowly saying, what's the risk? What am I feeling with this risk? Do I want to take this risk? Do I not? What's the worst thing that can happen, right? Asking myself those questions and being able to sit, stay grounded and process them as they're coming, allow me to feel more comfortable and at peace with those inconveniences. So Emily, yeah, that actually, go ahead. Sorry for cutting you off. <laughs> I was gonna say, that actually reminds me of um, when I was in my first term and I think I called you or maybe I called you the next day or something and I told you that I felt Wow, failed. you didn't call me right away? I think I called you right away. Maybe you did. I don't know. Let's I go. Really Let's go with the story. I was really upset with myself um, because I mm. failed my first competency test. Yeah. I and I was this. crying. I was crying like crazy. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, literally, when she, like, pulled me aside and told me, like, I'm not passing you because you missed the most important detail, like, Trust me, she literally told me everything I failed in, in in my doctorate program, like I never forgot. And I just literally wanted to literally like just bloop, like cry, like literally like there was no tomorrow. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like panicking like crazy. Like what the heck, you know? Yeah. Going back to your saying, like it's just an inconvenience really in reality. Like 
I have to retake it, but I'm not getting an F really. It's just a, it's, I guess still get my five points. I just, because I have to take it again one week later, like it's really just an inconvenience that I had to do that. And that's ironic that you share that, right? Because I think about it and what is, I correct me if I'm wrong. You could straight up call me out. I think I told you, if I remember clearly, I said, Emily, I'm proud that you were able to give yourself space to emotionally feel and process right? The disappointment or the, or the, um, the frustration or whatever you were feeling, but look at the positive mm-hmm. and the opportunity that the opportunity that your professor has given you to take the test again, the mm-hmm. bigger, <clears throat> the bigger opportunity above that is that you will now get another opportunity above all your other classmates to do this quiz again and learn the material better you will probably never forget in your whole postgraduate studies those materials that you learned because you got the opportunity to do them again and you have a choice right you could see it that way or you could be like dang i failed and i have to do it again and have bitterness towards that opportunity there's i feel like there's multiple ways that people go about opportunities you could either decline one Mm -hmm. and move past it you could take it with excitement or you could and courage, or you could take it with bitterness. And I feel mm-hmm. like people often forget that that's one that typically we do as well. I think people always say, oh, well, either you take it or you don't. Well, you could take it, but it depends on your attitude when you take an opportunity. I feel I like, heard. I feel like if you take an opportunity with bitterness, it's better off if you just didn't take it because you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to be passionate about it. Why take something that you don't want to do? Yeah. Oh, because you're pleasing other people and putting other people's needs before you. Okay, got it. <laughs> See, it's what the Lion King says. It's a circle of life. Yeah. Just honestly. wanted to share that that is not true. And I'm not patented to say that. So let's just say that it's just a cyclical process instead of the circle of life. <laughs> but it is cyclical, right? We come back to where we start off. Yeah, exactly. It all comes from, I think, perspective, um, where how you're grounded how you self-worth like all these things just kind of tie into like everything really yeah 100 and emily i do have one more question for you i know this conversation has been just awesome to have with you um even though you're in your apartment and i'm in mine and we're still in orange county isn't that weird can we yeah, can we take a minute and say that yeah but we we did grab some some food earlier today we did get some food earlier today we got some grub but it's interesting. I want to pause and share just a fun little story before I ask your last question. Literally a year ago, and this I love, I think this could be a great little bow on the, on the gift box for opportunity. I was talking to um, Kayla, which is another one of our friends, and she was getting ready to go down to Orange County <clears throat> to do her doctorate in PT. And I was like, I am so sad because I'm going to miss you. And I really value Kayla and I hope to have her one day if her studies allow her. (laughs) (laughs) I think Emily's laughing because we know that that might not happen. But I hope she she watches this and starts laughing. (laughs) (laughs) But um, if you ever get to meet Kayla, you'll see how intelligent, how passionate, how dedicated, respectful of a woman she is. She's a great person and ultimately carries a lot of wisdom. And I respect her a lot for that. She's also been another person in my life that I could confide in and gives me a space where I could just 
completely be who I am and not what society tells me I am. And it was bittersweet, right? Because I obviously knew that I would be selfish if I said, don't go. Right. I mean, she was going to do it no matter what she didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> She was going to go anyways, <laughs> but I knew she needed to go because that's obviously going to be an opportunity that she wants to take on for her own professional career. And then I got the opportunity uh, on top of that to hang out with Emily Moore throughout the summer and which brought us really, really, really close um, as just really great friends. Like where I tell people she's my cousin, <laughs> even though she's not, but girl, you're my cousin. Don't forget. Um, and so then literally end of the year, 2021, Emily tells me that she's moving down. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm literally losing all my friends um, and they're going to SoCal. So I was like, I got to get my ass to SoCal. I have to go. And I'm so excited because when I had the plan in my head to go down in a by specific time at a specific place in a specific city, like I had everything planned and I felt like I had it on my timeline. And I shared this a little bit, I think last week or two week, two episodes ago, where once I let go of my expectations and my timeline and gave it to God and was like, you know what? I know I want to be in SoCal this next year. And just, if it's your will, please let it happen. I feel like everything just fell into place literally within 48 hours. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we're leaving then. And I'm now down here um, a year later with Kayla and Emily in Orange County. And I think it is such a true blessing and I'm excited but anyways, that was a little story on top for the cherry on top so people can know how I took some opportunities in the past year. Emily, the last question. Are you ready? This is a tough one. Yes. Okay. I want to ask you, if someone was here that had an opportunity that was presented to them and they're still thinking about whether or not they want to take it, what would you recommend to them? as to whether or not to take that opportunity or just go about the opportunity as a whole? Um, that's a really, really good question. Thank you. Uh, because. You could take a minute to think about it, honestly. I think, yeah. I think I've shared a couple of times how I value space and silence, right? I'm not afraid of it. I do that. My therapist did that. I learned that from him. He would just sit quiet. I'm like, you going to say something? And he was like, I'm just, I'm just sitting here. I know. Processing. I was like, oh gosh, are yeah, uncomfortable with silence. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, you should be comfortable with silence. Definitely. I think, I think if we give more people the opportunity to be able to sit in the silence and use that silence to process, I think we would get better at being comfortable with silence, right? It's again, I love the word opportunity. It, we are given an opportunity through silence to be able to process emotion and think, but yeah, think about that question. If someone were to be right in front of you and said, Emily, like I have this opportunity. Don't know if I should take it or not. I'm just feeling X, Y, and Z. What advice do you have for me? What would you tell them? Um, I would definitely tell them, well, if this is the only opportunity they are facing, like they don't have other opportunities, like this is just one solid opportunity. Um, you get I don't I mean? know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why? Mm, that's tough. Damn, you got me good. I, I would say th this is an opportunity, like, maybe 
see, I don't want to put restrictions of what, what they're feeling. Like it could be professional, academic, yeah. spiritual, relational, just if, what, what advice would you give someone? Actually, I have a good, I just came to mind. Okay. Go ahead. You have a good that came to mind. Go ahead. Go follow, good. Come to mind. Follow your gut. Mm, your intuition. Gut ins- your intuition. Why do you say that? Um, because that will give you a good feeling of whether or not to take it or not. But that could be tricky too, because your intuition can sometimes tie in with how you feel. Hmm. So if you're really anxious about something, I'm sure your intuition is telling you kind of weary about it. Yeah. Um, but um, it's hard to navigate, definitely. But it's some if it's something that you've been wanting, you've been wishing for, um, something that you've been striving for, I would say take it 100%. Like you're going to regret it later on in life if you look back and say, all right, why didn't I not take it? Yeah. You, know, it's you might like, as well get a tattoo that says no regrets on yeah. your chest. <laughs> YOLO. YOLO. No regrets. Yeah, I would say take it. Yeah. Um, short answer for me, if I had someone in front of me, I would say assess the risk. I think we get such great answers uh, on a lot of the questions that we typically have for ourselves regarding opportunity um, that come with sacrifice that come with transition and that come with risk. And I feel like if you take a minute to be able to say, what is the worst thing that could happen out of this? Which is what I did when I was moving down. I was like, what's the worst thing that could happen if I can't afford living down in Orange County? I literally was like, dude, you could just get another part-time job. And then I said that and I was like, yeah, that's not that bad. All right, let's do it. Right. When you assess the risk, you're able to see like, dang, okay, let me take it. And you could also think about, you know, is anyone else affected by it? If anyone is affected by it, then maybe consider talking with them and getting a second opinion. So, yeah, I would definitely, especially if your parents are supporting you along the way, I would definitely say 110% take it. Even if your parents aren't supporting you on the way, do it smart, do it wise. Yeah. I mean, either or opportunities are great. You learn a lot by yourself, just being out in a different environment, just in general, doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. You learn a lot when you're, you learn the most in seasons of discomfort. Oh, 100%. So get, get comfortable with putting yourself in seasons of discomfort. Yeah. 100%. Emily, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. I'm so grateful for you just being open and wanting to do this with me. I love it. I hope you had fun. Did you have fun? I did. I hope you guys didn't hear my dog. um, We did. We heard it a couple of times, but it's okay. We love oatly. We love oatly and oat milk. So awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emily. I appreciate you coming on today's episode. Folks, that is it for this week. That was hard, right? It's hard having a conversation with people, but I think if, if no, not, I think, why do I keep saying that? I feel like if that is something that we get comfortable in doing and having conversations with people, even if we disagree, it will allow us to continue to foster healthy relationships with one another, professional development, personal development, and self-worth in our life. And so thank you for letting me share a little bit about, um, opportunity and summarizing it as a whole. Um, everyone thank Emily for just her being vulnerable with us about her story as well. 
Um, next episode will be available um, on Wednesday, April 6th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And I'm so excited because we're going to be starting a new series. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. And so get ready, buckle up, because it's going to be a journey where we take the opportunity to join and start a new series about some deeper conversations. I'm super excited about that. We're only going to be doing two episodes in that series. So it's going to be a mini series or short, short and sweet one. Um, and just don't forget, if you have any recommendations of topics that you would like me to cover or just have any questions, go to our Instagram at underscore uncommon conversations and send me a direct message. Do me a favor. Also share our Instagram with people so that they get the opportunity to be invited into a space where they could continue to grow with us regarding those topics that are absent in our life. So that is it for this week, folks. Thank you for listening. And I hope you join me next week for another episode of Uncommon Conversations, where we work together to create comfort out of discomfort. Take care, everyone. Thank you.